Welcome to the Tech Diva Success Podcast. This is a short weekly podcast that focuses on tools, processes, and best practices that truly fuel success for women in technology. We thank you for tuning in, and we hope you walk away with at least one best practice that will help you level up personally or professionally. What can you take action on that will make you 1% better? This show gives us space to grow that amazing potential you have inside of you by bringing you guests from all walks of life and allowing them to share their success secrets with you. I'm your host, Nicole Scheffler, and I consider myself a tech diva with over 15 years experience in a technology career. And I'm committed to sparking tech diva success with my collection of various books, podcasts, and projects, including our other podcast, the Diva Tech Talk podcast, which is all here to inspire you and is dedicated to women in technology. I know you're going to love it. So on with the show. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to send a kind reminder that I have two books available and you could get parts of them for free. So make sure you go to the website, techdivasuccess.com slash books, and you can get information on pillars of success that I wrote with Jack Canfield, or you can get information on one habit to thrive in a post COVID world packed full of great habits that you can use to guide your success today and into the future. Check them out. I would love to get you a signed copy of Pillars of Success today. Thanks. Well, here we are on the next episode of Tech Diva Success, and I am very fired up to be here with Dr. Shiyoshi Baduri. She is smart. to say the least. And I love her body of work that she does. She does engineering education and people research for improving strategy, analytics, inclusion for the 21st century workforce and the future of work. So there's a million things we could talk about today, but we're going to tap into some of her knowledge around the pay gap, things that we could do to make that better. And as well, some tips for us to all be lifelong learners so we can contribute. She manages the global people research at McGraw Hill, where she leads research leveraging employee data from over 45 countries to generate data-driven insights for policy decisions that impact the effectiveness of our companies, our culture, our talent building. Dr. Baduri has had a lot of expertise, obviously. She's a doctor. She has a PhD in engineering education, a master's in statistics and mechanical engineering. And obviously she loves employing inclusivity, (laughs) inclusive mixed methods and things like that to uncover via data things that we can do better. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get to chat with you today. Our show is global. So do you want to talk a little bit about where you're from or fill in anything on your bio that I may have missed about you? Yes, absolutely. So I was born and brought up in India and I attended schooling in India and did my undergrad from India, after which I traveled here to the U.S. to pursue my master's and then my Ph.D., And um, I have been for the past three years working at McGraw-Hill, like you said, leading uh, people research and analytics. How interesting and relevant to our show as we're trying to help inspire more women in technology. So I don't know if you want to start there, kind of talking about some of the data. I'm always eager to dig in to the things that you see, specifically, like we mentioned, around the pay gap 
anything that can hook into our audience to help that make them more successful questions or things that they can understand. We would love to hear about that. Right. So Nicole, I'll start with a fact. I don't know how many of those listening in know this, but uh, according to research by the UN Women, globally, women make only 77 cents for every $1 that men earn. So um, this is research that was done by UN Women. And in fact, I believe it's the World Economic Forum uh, who, who said that if these trends continue, it's going to take over 200 years to achieve pay parity. And that's not good. <laughs> that and are you seeing like the data side of things with the mm-hmm. pandemic? We're in the beginning of 2021 when we're recording this. Are you seeing it push it back further? Because some of the data points I see don't help make that faster for pay equity. So what kind of variations are you seeing from there? Right. So very interesting that you asked that question. So two things we have, A, we've seen that women are getting disproportionately affected by the pandemic. So more women are leaving the workforce, more women are being forced to leave the workforce because they are, you know, caregivers. They have to step up in their roles in their families. But we've also seen, and the entire data for all of 2020, Gartner does these annual reports where they publish, you know, pay gap differences and all of that. But we've not seen the seen all of 2020. But what we saw was in 2020, Equal Pay Day was celebrated on March 31st. So that was in the US. So that was the time it took for women to catch up to the salaries that men earned in 2019 alone. So this year, we have to wait and watch to know when is Equal Pay Day going to be. And I suspect that it's going to be further in the year than March 31st, although I don't know that yet. So the Equal Pay Day you're saying is when we would have caught up to the previous year's pay. Okay, so look for that for Equal Pay Day. Yes, and it's a general term. This is just for women. When you look deeper and go into intersections and look by race, it's actually worse because you can see that, for example, African-American or Black women tend to have it much later in the year, around September, October, than, say, white women or Asian women. So it's definitely all in the intersections, all the issues, all of them kind of, you know, stack upon each other when we're looking at intersections and looking at pay parity. Yeah, exactly. What else are you seeing? I think we have all of these data that's out there, but we often think that, you know, pay parity does not affect us, especially when we're thinking about STEM or when we're thinking about, say, I don't know, the data, the software engineers, for example. But Another interesting statistic is that for those who identified as women in computer programming, in the discipline of computer programming, it was found that women earned only 72 cents for every dollar that the male programmer earns. And this was another study published by CNN Money that looked at salaries within the U.S. So it's no longer global. It's no longer far removed from us. It's happening here. It's happening to people we know the jobs we're working in. So the pay gap and the pay parity uh, issue that looks much further removed from us, it's actually affecting all of us right now. And like you said, the pandemic is kind of uh, making it worse, actually. 
Is there anything else that you look at from a data perspective when you look at cultures that has stood out for you over the last year or so? So I think in terms of just looking at the data, and I believe it was a study conducted in 2016 by a statistician and economists, they found that the unexplained portion of the gender wage gap, so basically what happens is when economists or you know those interested in looking at pay gaps, when they look at the data, they essentially run regression models. So what that is, is that They just look at all the male data, all the data from women, and then run models to see how far they are. So, you know, plot a line essentially and see what the gap is between those two lines. What these economists found, so I I believe they were Francine Blau and Lawrence Kahn, and what they found was that the gender wage gap narrowed dramatically in the 1980s. So it shrank from about 21 to 29% in So what do you want to touch on as far as your expertise? Because I see it as a twofold problem. One is what can companies do uh, to build culture, to uh, unravel the problem of bias? 
And then the second thing is what individuals can do to level up and continue to get out of here. So we're looking for solutions. We have to move a little bit more aggressively to close the wage gap so that we have equality for qualifications when we're working just as hard to get some progress here. So did you want to touch on either of those or both? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so I'll tell you about both. So for organizations, I think it's really important to employ someone who is uh, an expert in people research and people data. So someone whose job it is to really look at what is going on, um, really look at what the data is, what the global data is, what the factors maybe that are affecting how you're hiring, how you're promoting, how you're retaining women or how you're retaining certain races, um, really look at all the data and then you know, make decisions based off of that. So that's what organizations can do. What teams can do is, what, is that managers can reach out to your HR partners and say, hey, I'm looking to hire someone. What does market data tell me? What is you know a norm or accepted range for this salary for of salary for this position? These are things that you know you can work with the HR partners in your organization as a manager and leader. And finally, as an individual, I think it boils down to data, data, data. So look at data around you. Look at Glassdoor. Look at readily available data around you, especially when you're negotiating for a position, make sure that you identify things that are important to you. And those could be salary. That's definitely top out there. But maybe there are other things that are important to you as well. So, you know, maternity leave, for example, Um, maybe other kind of benefits that are out there that you think you would like. Maybe there's equity that you're interested in, more equity instead of a raise, maybe there are relocation benefits, those kind of things. So making sure that you have the data, you go out there, Google is very helpful telling you what others' experiences are, Reddit threads, look at the data out there, look at other people's experiences. The second is that identify transferable skills in yourself and be learning agile. Learning agility is basically, I read it somewhere being defined as knowing what to do when you don't know what to do. So <laughs> that's like the theme for 2020. <laughs> it is. It is. Absolutely. So I was going to use that as an example, right? Because people have had to pivot to working remotely through a pandemic. So you had the skills, but the context was new. So it's like riding a bike. So ability is that you know how to ride a bike. But agility is that you can ride it in different conditions. So yes, you can ride it on a sunny day, in a park, on level roads, but then you can also take it to a sandy beach and ride it there. I mean, you'll be slow, but you'll be able to ride that bike on the beach or on a snowy mountain. So that, that is how you can be more agile if that, if that metaphor kind of helps. <laughs> I love it. Or sometimes you just get stuck because you're not. Yes, sometimes you get stuck. And then sometimes you get stuck. And then that's when you have your, you know, network and your mentors and your allies really help you get back on the bike and push you back. (laughs) Yes, you heard it. We could do a full episode and we have on all of those, but that's when they come into place and they're called in. 
when women are going for roles, there's two types, an internal move up uh, in pay responsibility. And then you have external when you're moving out of your company to another company. Have you noticed any differences or do you have any tips for women? Yes. So there are a lot of circumstances in which uh, women who may just move internally within the organization, sometimes they may be offered a lower rate than a new candidate coming from outside. So making sure that you know, A, what the previous person in that position was paid, if there was a previous person. If not, if it's a new role, if it's an absolutely new role, then just looking at market data because yours cannot be the only company that has that role. So even if it's like a similar role in other companies in the area, so making sure that you look at within your area because different geographical locations have different pay structures as well. The same job, for example, in New York will pay very differently as opposed to the same job, say in Texas or in Ohio. So making sure you look at where you're based, how much the job typically pays, and then looking at what skill sets you have that you're bringing into the job additionally and making sure you really convey that to the manager or to the hiring manager or the team and and saying that, hey, I know that this role was responsible for X, Y, Z. In addition to X, Y, Z, I also bring in A, B, C, D. So making sure that you show that you are indispensable for a certain role and then really carving it the way you want it to be. And that's obviously easier said than done, but having data making sure you know you have the data as ammunition when you go in to have those conversations is really helpful, I think. Yeah, and that sparks a good idea in me of asking someone else who's done the role before, like, do you mind sharing with me just a right. small range of that yeah. job that you, that you know about so I can understand if I'm getting it. I do believe that we sell ourselves short in mm-hmm. the movements within a company to we be do. able to advance and that's too bad because then when you stay at a company for 10, 15 years, exactly. you look back and you realize that you've lost traction where if you would have left and come back and well, what about uh, externally? Do you have any tips for when you're moving into a new company around pay equality or negotiation? I think especially when you're moving to a new company, really looking up their pay philosophy, the compensation philosophy is a great idea. Because then you can go back to them and say, hey, based off of your compensation philosophy, I see that, uh, you know, you may be offering at the 75th percentile or at the 80th percentile for the market. But I see that you're also giving benefits. So you have work from home benefits. And this is, you know, pre-COVID lesson. Now everyone's working from home. But if that is something that is important to you, or maybe if you want to work from somewhere else where, you know, your office is not located, for example, you can negotiate that. Maybe you can say, can I come in once a week or once a month? Those kind of things, maybe ask for, um, you know, more, more vacation time, days off. Maybe you can even negotiate having a second job. Uh, Maybe you can consult at another place or really pursue something that you like. Maybe ask them if they will help you complete a degree that will help you, you know, boost your resume for the next role that you take on. And I think there is data on this and I don't have it at the top of my head, but like you were saying, 
men do tend to shift their uh, companies. So they move from company to company faster than women do. So women are the more loyal employee base that a company can have because they tend to stick around longer. They tend to, you know, prefer being promoted within the company than moving to another company, switching roles, but also switching locations. They prefer to, to be in a company for longer. So definitely as a woman, you're looking to be promoted within a company, looking at prior data, working with HR, and just being part of, you know, like listening to podcasts, for example, making sure that you're on the top of, uh, top of your game, making sure you know what is happening and what is acceptable and when you are not getting what you do, essentially. Well, it pays to listen to podcasts. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And we are kind of towards the end. So I want to get your final thoughts here, but I'll give one that I think as a success coach, we study this one principle, ask, ask, ask. Mm. And that's what comes to mind when I think about equity and pay equity and the, and the pay gap is ask. I don't think that we go bold all the time to ask for the extra money, to ask for what we're worth. Like you said, knowing X, Y, Z is what you're looking for. I can do all that. In fact, I have ABC as well. That principle pops for me. Just you can't make money if you don't ask for it. They're not going to just offer to give you more money. You have to ask, which means maybe getting out of your comfort zone, which means maybe even being rejected. Or as my dad says, you can't win the lottery if you don't play. So if you don't ask, you can't (laughs) win. What is your final thoughts around closing the pay gap and things that we can do to be more successful? Uh, Well, first off, I'm going to use your dad's quote more often (laughs) moving on. But yes, just like you said, I think being brave, being an advocate for yourself and an ally for others. So there are times maybe that you're not the one who is looking at a pay parity issue, but someone in your team is. So really asking the questions, but also asking the questions for others. So not just for yourself, but being an ally for everyone on your team, your social circle, your friends, making sure you're pushing each other and forming a close network of, you know, women or, you know, even getting men in and helping them be allies for you. Asking your manager, for example, if, you know, they can help you or be an ally for you or your team to really help you advance. So really being an advocate for yourself and for others is is really helpful in my opinion. So looking at the data, being a lifelong learner, so you're agile, so you could drive that bike anywhere and asking. (laughs) Absolutely are all keys to success. And that is something we really want to spark in everyone because this is a very important thing. We want to get what we're worth. Everybody wants to get rewarded for what they're worth as we have also more women that are breadwinners for families as well. There is a different type of rise of independent women working for their families as well. We want to get what we're worth. Well, if people want to reach out to you or if you have any last recommendations, maybe for uh, sources of data, like where do they get the equal pay day data or understanding the pay equity data? Yes, absolutely. So you can reach out to me on any of the social media. My website is at uh, thatstatsgirl.com. So 
reach out to me through my website or through social media on Twitter or Instagram. And I think, yes, like continue being an advocate for yourself and good luck and you've got this. Yes, you've got this. You've got it. We're here to support you. And these were wonderful tips in regards to pay equity. And I really appreciate you being on the show. Dr. Shuyoshi Baduri, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Thank you again so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you again for listening. And we really hope this sparks something in you that you can use to manifest more success in your life. Please give us a rating or review. We would love to see how the show has inspired you. You can also connect with Tech Diva Success on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We're very easy to find under that name. And we hope this episode was fire for you.